Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Jesus, and I'm joined by my friend and yours, Michelle. Hello, welcome, Michelle. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. All right. It's good to see people. Yes. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I mean that we are creatives on a journey to better storytelling. Thank you for joining us today, even though it's musty in here. Oh, goodness. That transition. Yes. It's patent pending. Anyways, (laughs) welcome to our podcast. We're going to talk about some things about Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. We watched it in the movie theaters. We enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to delve into it. Let's start the show. saw Thor Love and Thunder. Thor Love and Thunder? At the AMC. That's right. I thought it was a great movie. Really enjoyed it. I really And I really love what Taika Waititi's done ever since Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And then his inclusion with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Amazing stuff. So yeah, I'm totally there with you. I, I really enjoy this Thor. I'm not a super fan, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like, you know, Thor is not the biggest hero for you. Yeah. So as far as story goes, we we really enjoyed the ending. Ending was really great. Beginning mm-hmm. was good too. Yeah, the beginning was good. Yeah, just act um, two, act two. Films always struggle in act two. Yeah, and it it was. There were a couple parts that got me emotional, like um, just her telling Thor she has cancer. Yeah, that was kind of rough to watch. When she was struggling. When, yeah. it, when you say her, you talk about Natalie Portman Natalie playing Jane, Portman. Dr. Jane Foster. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, that was tough emotionally to watch. And I think it was, it was really interesting at the end when Thor was saying that all anybody wants is love. Yeah, saying that to Gore. And yeah, so he was kind of like he was acknowledging Gore's pain. Yeah, I really like that. He's like, I know what you, I know what you need. And he's like, what do you, what do you, what do I need? Mm-hmm. And he was saying that he needs love, and so he, um, I mean, it's true because a lot of times when people do things that hurt other people, it's because they don't feel loved or they 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 want love from somebody. And they're not getting it or they feel isolated and that brings up a lot of trauma. So that that was really interesting how he was being empathetic towards Gore and not just destroying him like he usually does. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, you know, I think the typical way you think that would end is just he just keeps beating him up, beating him Mm -hmm. up, beating him up. And I would say this is kind of this is sort of what 
Wonder Woman 1984 should have done. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. With the ending. Because Thor had his speech with Gore. Mm. He connected with him on an emotional level. He didn't destroy him. Right. And for the Wonder oh. Woman movie, I don't know. That just well, also, last thing, of like, like Thor also then had a touching moment with the partner that was introduced back into his life, but then lost in the middle, in the the course of the story. Yeah. Which is what happened with Wonder Woman. Yeah. So it was similar, but I feel like they just took what happened there and then they just made it actually good. <laughs> no, that's, that's a fair point. I, wow. I really do think you, lining those two films up, Wonder Woman 1984 with Thor Love and Thunder, that's a great parallel of like how to do it and how not to do it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Just going over back to the story as far as like the theme or the different topics that definitely came up. Uh, I really liked what they were doing with Thor when it came to, I think, some of the loneliness he was dealing with. Mm-hmm. Some of the, like, he was he said that he's lost. Yeah, he didn't know who he was. He didn't know who he was. And, and really, that was emphasized more from Star-Lord, yeah. played by Chris Pratt at the mm-hmm. beginning. But Thor... It was true, though. It was true. It was true for Thor. And so it was interesting because then at the beginning of the film... He was without a purpose. He was just kind of fighting for the sake of the fact that he's just good at it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the film, he had purpose with raising the daughter of Gore, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a very sweet way to end the movie. Yeah. And also dealing with the pain of his first love of Jane Foster. Mm -hmm. And then he was able to take that purpose and fight for like with a cause mm-hmm. so he wasn't like lost and he knew who he was yeah so what what like what kind of statement would come up for thor to that goes with like his point a point b right i think to find kind of what chris pratt was saying like yeah i was to, gonna say yeah to find like purpose looked into the eyes of the of the ones you love yeah to find who you are to find who you are yeah yeah. That was pretty much the whole theme of the movie. That was the theme. That was mm-hmm. the thesis. And I I like that. Yeah. I really believe this this movie kindled love in the hearts of humankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it was really showing a good example of like loving your enemies when he did protect Gore's daughter. And he's like pretty much raising her to be a mini Thor. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome yeah. and cute and just everything you love about Thor. Mm-hmm. And it also gave me vibes of the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> and Baby Groot. Oh, yeah. It gave me those kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. So, and fun fact, it's actually Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Yeah. That played Gore's daughter. Right, right. I don't know her name. I guess they India. called her Love. Her name's India. India? Yeah. Or Love? Because mm-hmm. then it's like Korg ends the story like, here's a story of of Love and Thunder or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Also, her, just yeah. the 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 Zeus scene at the uh, in the middle was, was a funny scene. Oh, yeah, that was real. <laughs> I loved the way that what, Russell Thor, Crow? Uh, Zeus was like, 
I don't was he like an he had like an Italian accent or yeah, something? Yeah, I don't know what Russell Crowe was thinking on that part. Well, that was that was the director, I think, doing that. But it was he was just kinda like this like sort of overweight, like older Italian guy you just that's like kinda felt like a like an old Mario <laughs> in a toga. Yeah, I just I didn't expect Thor and Zeus to become enemies. That yeah, was I, really was, I was I was kind of hoping. Yeah, I was kind of hoping that Zeus would be like, "Okay, you're like you're like a little brother to me." Yeah. What I do think ruined the movie in the middle part for me mm-hmm. was like, so the beginning wasn't ruined because the beginning with Gore and how we like essentially is his origin story. Yeah. And we definitely, I would definitely want to talk more about that mm-hmm. and the idea of how what like what the role of religion plays in humanity. Yeah. And how religion has benefited and not benefited humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think this was an example of how religion doesn't benefit humanity. Yeah. And I know I could see already where there could be some Christian conservative pundits taking that message from Thor, Love and Thunder as an attack on their belief system and their faith. I don't think anyone should take this as a as a slight against their faith mm-hmm. unless they have a religion where God or God's are abusive yeah but i i thought that was really good the ending wasn't spoiled for me but the middle a lot of the jokes and a lot of the surprises in the middle Mm -hmm. were really surprised like i i kind of i knew everything was going to happen almost Mm -hmm. and it took a lot of the joy of the film for me and i got a little bit bored in the second act and i and i blame the marketing i think the ads showed way too much Mm mm-hmm yeah, they've been that's been like a trend for all movies, I feel like the last what, two, three years or something. Like yeah. the, instead of keeping it a surprise and just giving you a hint of what the movie's gonna be about, they literally explain the entire plot in the trailer and then you're kind of just watching it all unfold. You're like, Oh yeah, that's when that happens and that's when that happens. So exactly. I and I'm see I'm why you got bored. And we're not really talking about this movie because we haven't seen it yet, but I'm really afraid that Nope, with the second trailer they released, yeah. and they keep pushing in theaters in the previews, mm-hmm. I'm so worried that I'm not going to be surprised or or have any mystery going into that film yeah. because they already said what it was. Mm-hmm. So please, Hollywood, stop. <laughs> Marketers, understand that when you have your property... A little, a lot of mystery goes a long way. Yeah, a lot of mystery. Like I almost want to start a petition of banning previews from movies. <laughs> like I'm just done. Because if you if you really want to see the trailer, just go watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But if you don't want to watch the trailer, you shouldn't be subjugated to 30 minutes of trailers mm-hmm. that spoil the movie. Yeah. Right. Like I'm a movie goer. I don't need to see trailers. I'm going to go watch your film. Yeah. Give me a teaser, a 30 second teaser and yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think teasers are fine. Teasers are great. And they're quick and like it would be done in half the time. It'd be like 10 minutes of trailers. Yeah. But it was just ridiculous. It's like we could have been half an hour late to that movie and still been on time. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, and another movie I just want to reference from this year where I had so much mystery going in. Mm-hmm. Everything never all at once. Yeah. I never... Like I saw a trailer, but I, I, it was such a insignificant trailer that I totally mm-hmm. forgot about it once I entered into the movie. Yeah. 
all I knew is that I wanted to watch that film. And I didn't watch any other trailers. I didn't watch a second or third trailer. I didn't watch anything, any extras. I wanted to go in blind as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it was Kung Fu, Michelle Yeoh. That's all I knew. Yeah. Imagine if that had been spoiled for me. Mm -hmm. What, like the whole multiverse thing. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. Then it would have ruined it. Yeah. And then I think Marcel, the shell with shoes on, that trailer didn't give too much away. Although that's mm. not like a very complicated story. Yeah. It didn't really, because I had no idea it was like a documentary and like yeah. it, it really didn't show that much and it didn't show the funniest stuff right. in the trailer. Right. No, so totally agree. There are some, I guess it's A24 movies. Those are both A24. So maybe it's the marketing for A24. I think, but yeah, going back to Thor Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. uh, Nope is doing a terrible job as well. <laughs> Um, I think just Disney needs to like they need to realize that people are going to see your films. Yeah. Right. Like you're going to make money. <laughs> right. And people are going to see your films multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like if it's Star Wars, if it's Marvel, I don't need a second trailer. Yeah. I need you to tease it for me. And that's all I need. Mm-hmm. Like I was running out of the theater for like months because of the Lightyear trailers. Yeah, whenever Lightyear would I was come running. on, he would. Like I was running out of the theater. Leave the seat and hide. In Seriously, because I was like, "Don't spoil this for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to know." Yeah. And I didn't even watch the second trailer. I watched the first teaser trailer. If y'all yeah. watch the YouTube channel, I I give a like a ten minute breakdown on it, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. I'm good. They should do a study on like how much that actually like you show people just a teaser versus the whole trailer and see if that changes their mind about wanting to go see it. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, I think Sonic benefited from more trailers. Mm-hmm. I think Aladdin benefited from more trailers. But that's because both of those films, the teaser trailer was or the first trailer was greatly not received by the mm-hmm. mass of public. Yeah, but if you're true. Star Wars... <laughs> I don't need a second trailer. Yeah. I don't. And I don't it, it, I don't need a trailer that goes for longer than a minute. Mm-hmm. Just dun 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 lightsaber. Bam. <laughs> title card. <laughs> and a, I was like, oh, okay, like we're, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. I don't want to even see the characters. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Thor Love and Thunder, really great film. Christian Bale, his acting, I think he was like the best actor. He was just he was really like just in that role mm-hmm. perfect perfect gore perfect yeah. gore I, and i don't know who gore is but what i whatever that is like that was amazing mm-hmm. chris hemsworth was with thor mm-hmm. natalie portman was natalie portman tessa thompson was tessa thompson mm-hmm. yeah it, it was it was a really fun movie So that was our initial reaction, and it was actually fun to just be able to record right after the moment. Yeah, kind of gather our thoughts, mm-hmm. our emotions, what we were feeling. It's funny because, like, I mean, I think we're the opposite in that way. Like, right after a movie, you're very um, talkative because you're excited about what you saw. Yes, and you you can process things quickly. And for me, I need like an hour or two or something i just i need more time to like fully process all my thoughts and put together what i think the story was well 
it's been a couple of weeks yes. since we've watched it. Do we still like the movie? Yes. Yeah, I, I still like it. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. It was fun. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I had a very, I still really enjoy that ending. Yeah. So hopefully you've seen it by now. Those of you listening. And <laughs> now that we've told you the entire storyline. <laughs> yeah. And I hope I hope you all enjoyed it. It's just nice to be able to go to the theaters once again, mask or no mask, mm-hmm. and not be scared or worried. Yeah. But we do have an article. It's a little bit of a critique. Found this article on IGN.com. It's titled Thor Love and Thunder is more proof Marvel needs a phase four goal fast. Hmm. And this is by T. Madugal on IGN.com. Okay. So I'll read just a little bit. We're not going to read the whole article. It's actually kind of long. But we should, hopefully, we'll have this included in the show notes, a link in the show notes, so you can check it out for yourself. And if you have any feelings about this, any thoughts, you can always message us, email (laughs) us. So anyways, it starts out saying, Anyone feeling like there's been a lot of Marvel Cinematics Universe storytelling, but an overall pronounced lack of direction... As to where it's all going? We're trying to follow the breadcrumbs, but we have to admit it's been tough. Mm. Has it been tough, Michelle? For me, yes. To follow the breadcrumbs, to see where it's all going? Yes. Yes. I think it's tough, though, because you did not watch Loki. True. Um, I'm assuming there is something in that series that could possibly... Make it less difficult to piece yeah. it together? I, I think so. And there's mm-hmm. there's a comment in this article that kind of helped me. Because I was like, oh, this, this article is like, ooh, yes, queen. Yes, I believe. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes. But then I was like, I read the comments like, oh, yeah, there is that there is that thing that's, that is coming. Mm-hmm. That's imminent. I think the problem is, is that at the end of the movies, it's been a lot of like extra like, like Eternals had a weird end credits. Mm-hmm. I think Thor kind of had a weird end credits as well. Hmm. Black Widow had something that kind of tied back into Hawkeye, but you haven't seen Hawkeye. I know. Which I'm is, so which is, behind. No, you, it's totally fine. There's we're gonna read in this next paragraph. There's so much content. Mm-hmm. So I fault no one for not for if you did not <laughs> if you're not keeping up, I do not fault you. This is ridiculous. Watch, like I'm gonna read this article. As of July, as of July, and remember, last July we were still coming out of the pandemic, mm-hmm. and people were taking vaccines, not taking vaccines, whatever, and. You know, those of us who felt safe enough to like venture forth into the movie theater, there was a movie called Black Widow, which we we saw. We no, we didn't see in theaters. We saw it with some friends. Yes, some shady friends. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it go. I'm gonna leave it at that. But we saw Black Widow, and we enjoyed it. Uh huh. It's interesting because if you go on Twitter, a lot of people hate on Black Widow, but I I remember us watching like, oh, that was that was cool. That was fun. Yeah, it was that was it was interesting. All right. So as of July, Marvel Studios is 18 months into what it calls phase four. Hmm. So Kevin Feige had like a big old like like sheet. And he was like, this is all the stuff that's coming in phase four. It's awesome. Get mm-hmm. ready. And everyone was super excited. And now we're kind of like in it and people are kind of like, eh, you know, and whether you love or hate Marvel Studios, there's no argue. This is the article. There's no arguing that they had an overarching adversary threaded through the first three phases and his name was Thanos. And you remember Thanos? Yes. You know, little little boy blue. <laughs> <laughs> little per little boy purple. 
<laughs> I don't know if he was little, but <laughs> <laughs> big boy purple mm-hmm. with that amazing weird jawline that kind of felt like you could like feel it and it would just like like you could put your hand through it like a piece of hair. I don't know. It had this weird jawline to it. <laughs> it was like translucent. Yeah. I no. It was it was just weird looking. Oh. It was like a weird looking chin. Mm-hmm. Anyways though. We have Thanos, little little big boy purple. The supervillain <laughs> was first teased in 2012's The Avengers, I remember that, with his arc building to an epic conclusion in 2019's Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I remember that movie. Mm-hmm. I will never forget that movie experience. Yeah. And the repercussions of his actions are still being dealt with in a good portion of Phase 4's storytelling. Hmm. However, there's no Thanos level of big bad in this current collection of storytelling. President of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, who is the guiding hand behind all MCU creative decisions, has touted Phase 4 for the introduction of the multiverse. We've had that. Where, alter- where alternate timelines would be revealed and have an impact on the ongoing stories and characters. Audiences are invested. We, we have had that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been kind of, mm, uh, yeah, it's been okay. <laughs> it's kind of annoying because now we have so many characters. The article goes on to talk about, like, there's all these characters... That also that here's also that there's a the fact that there's people coming back to life and not really dying. There's not any real stakes. Yeah. Like it's so far, like, Black Widow has stayed dead as far as we know. Mm-hmm. But technically, because of the multiverse, she could come back. Hmm. <laughs> it's like this huge bundle of story arcs and like world building gone overboard. Like, there's just so much world building happening. And how do they continue to build out this entire world with so many different characters and worlds without somehow, like, tripping on each other? Yeah. When is it going to get to a point where they're like, okay, we have to actually stop because if we do any more, we're going to contradict earlier storylines. Ugh. I, I do wonder, as a responsibility, as a storyteller, Kevin Feige, I'm speaking to you as obviously you listen to the podcast, big fan of the show, really appreciate you, Kevin, and can I call you Kevin? Of course. So anyways, right, like, you have a responsibility, Kevin, mm-hmm. to take a break. Yeah. And I argued about this at the end of Endgame, you can go back and listen to our Endgame episode, we gotta take a break. Mm-hmm. Six films. Six major films, That's all crazy. over an hour and a half, so all over 90, 100 minutes at least, mm-hmm. right? Brand new content. Six Disney Plus TV shows, I think I got it right. Yeah, we don't want Kevin to burn out. No, no, I think Kevin's going to be fine. He's fine. But the rest of us. <laughs> the rest of us are in trouble. Because I also have, to, I also have a, 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 little, a little franchise I, I like to take, uh, take note of. Uh-huh. Star Wars. Yeah. Right? And then there's Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Ready Player Universe, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. There's other books I like to read, fiction books. Mm-hmm. Man, this is this is too much. And I have too a much. I have a career as well. <laughs> you say that last, like, oh I, uh, yeah, I also have a career. And I have to remember facts and things about my career. Yeah. Like to I have to be competent to in my job. Take medication and supplements and like Oh, yeah, I need to drink water today. You know what? Maybe that's why I'm so dehydrated. I'm just going to blame it on the amount of content that I have to consume. I'm so busy consuming content that I, I'm too full to drink water. <laughs> and that's why we need Elon Musk and Neuralink 
to give us the brain the computer interfaces no. so we can translate all that data and store no. it properly. No. Yeah. That's so, that's that's the solution. That's the solution. That's because not we need we're going to get content? more. We're going to get more content, right? That's kind of scary. I think I mean, I think we're starting to hit a plateau because of Netflix's subscriber loss, but there's more. in general right it's all about kindling love in the hearts of humankind i do think these stories these modern stories are trying to help society live better some of them yeah i would say most of them i would say the jackass movies no i no we're not counting those <laughs> we're not counting those. We're not against them, but we're not counting those. I don't think that's trying to make people more empathetic. Well, I think I can I can see empathy in those movies because you feel so bad for those suckers. <laughs> oh no! They have to replace their teeth. Anyways, all right. Back to the article. Back to the article. Put a stake in it. It says in Phase Three, the MCU was far more committed to making death stick. And there was a wealth of ugly cry moments born of those tough decisions. Tony Stark, yes, I cried. Natasha Romanoff did not cry. Thanos, no one cried over Thanos dying. Come on now, there's not no ugly no. cry moments. Killmonger, eh, some people. Hela, no. Yondu, yes. Odin, mm. all big players have been who have remained dead. And we thank the MCU for making those big permit swings. See, now, I, 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 I will say, Phase 4 is so small compared to the the last three phases of Marvel, we still have a lot to go before, before like we can really critique it on, on the death count. Because mm -hmm. there have been characters that are dead that have stayed dead. There, there's in the Eternals, there's a number of them who, who, who died. That is true. Uh, what is her name? She is, she was like the leader, Hispanic and, lady. Oh, Salma Hayek's Salma character? Hayek's character got killed, and I don't think she's coming back. Mm -hmm. We just, I don't know if anyone really cares about her character that much. But she's dead. Mm -hmm. We all know she's dead. Yes. And in Multiverse of Madness, um, yeah, we all know Wanda's coming back, so never mind. We all know <laughs> Wanda's coming back. Yeah, that's true. Oh, um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Aunt May. Aunt May and Spider-Man. Yes. A, she may not have superpowers, but that was a big loss. That was an ugly cry moment right there. Yes. And I think she is dead, dead for real. Mm-hmm. Right? So she's gone. Yeah. That's 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 pretty big. That's 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 two that's two characters. That's true. That's that's pretty that's pretty darn big. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so I I I, I kind of agree, but I kind of disagree. Anyways. Which is why such a head-scratcher that Phase 4 has made a point of undermining the potency of death in the MCU. For one, it brought back Vision and Loki. I mean, Loki's always coming back, though, so 
He came back in the in in phases one through three as well. <laughs> you can't really blame phase four for that. Vision, uh, you, yeah, he should die. Two characters whose death whose deaths literally devastated Thor and Wanda Maximoff and us. I, I mean, Loki devastated us. Vision, nah, I'm cool. In order to keep them in play, now we love now we love Paul Bettany and Tom Hiddleston too. But reviving their characters frankly felt like trying to make a comic book trope work in film, and it doesn't. This approach was exasperated with a prequel solo adventure for Black Widow when we already knew how and when she dies. The stunt murder of Earth 838's Illuminati and, in Thor Love and Thunder, tagging on the Valhalla reveal of both Jane and Heimdall, which means they're just sort of dead. Why should we bother to sweep into our popcorn if the characters who don't make it can just be yoinked back whenever? Now, I want to tie this back to like a previous podcast. Our last podcast episode, we talked about Volume 2 of Stranger Things 4, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's a big outcry on the internet to bring back Ved- uh, Vetty. Eddie. <laughs> and I'm like, no, please. Don't. I mean, I love the character of Eddie, but you mm-hmm. can't bring him back. It would literally take away everything. Yeah. So I, what do you think from a storyteller, Michelle? Do you agree with the points that this article is making? I do agree. I think there need to be consequences there. We just need to be able to let go. They're taught like a lot of these films are starting to get into like mental health and stuff. Letting go is part of mental health. True. And when people pass away, if we're continually bringing them back in some ways, it's kind of like suspending reality and we're not accepting that things change and people leave. That's true. So it's important for the MCU to to continue the story, the the proper storytelling of character dies for whatever reason and keep them dead. Mm-hmm. Right now, here's just a little randomness to throw at the end of all this talk about Thor: Love and Thunder. Two characters that could potentially come back. That a lot of people have assumed they're going to come back at some point. We're just waiting for the right moment for them to come back. Hmm. Captain America and Tony Stark. Like Chris's? Chris Evans, Captain America, and Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Hmm. Now, I'm okay with Captain America because technically he didn't die. He just went back to the proper timeline for him. And then he grew old eventually. And then he died. Yes. I'm assuming he grew grew old and died somehow. Uh-huh. But Tony Stark, like, I kind of... That kinda, would ruin... I agree. Everything. But I I just love Robert Jun- Johnny Jr. as Tony Stark so much that I could kind of be like, ah, I'll forgive it. Because I just mm-hmm. want, more, I want more scenes with him making tech. Yeah. But they shouldn't do it. Because it, it literally is like the whole point. Like him, him and Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? Infinity War, Spider-Man, you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. Like, that that was such a great moment. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, when Tony gives himself up and sacrifices himself to destroy Thanos at the end of Endgame, great moment. So, they shouldn't do it, but I do think that's going to happen. Like, 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 based on this article, people are upset now because of, like, Loki and Vision coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready. Get <laughs> ready. Because Tony, I think Tony Stark and Captain America are coming back at some point. Oh, man. I really do. Because also, they're just perfectly casted. Mm-hmm.
last note on this article and kind of what you're saying, I do hope that at some point they start to show the 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 whole the whole reason, the whole goal to this. Yeah. Right. And there was a comment in this article which I thought was really awesome. Talked about Kang the Conqueror, and that's who was revealed as a big bad of of Loki. But he's big enough actually to be the big bad of the of the entire Phase Four, hmm. and could bleed into Phase Five. Like he is. Like I've even heard that name, and I'm a very com- I'm a very noobish comic book person. I've never seen him on like a animated show or anything, but I've heard of Kang the Conqueror. Like it's been in my head for mm. years that that is a person you don't want to have to face. Yeah. So I, I'm I am disappointed, and maybe it's just because they didn't have time to put it in. But I disagree with all the CG work they always do. There's always callbacks. You can always put put Kang back in. Mm-hmm. I am surprised that they haven't. Even in, like I would say Thor and and Doctor Strange, there should have been at least a scene in both those films to say like, "Hey, this guy is is coming." Yeah, I'm well, very surprised. Maybe it's coming still. And also, we can't forget at the end of Eternals. Yeah, um, they left that as a cliffhanger. And but remember at the end, there was like that huge, like, big machine-looking thing mm-hmm. with a face that kind of appeared on Earth. Yeah. So that could that could have been an ode to Galactus or someone along those mm. lines. So there are big bads I, that I think are being missed in this article. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're not being sprouted at the end of every cutscene like they were for yeah. Thanos. All the cutscenes I've seen so far, I don't know how they all correlate with each other. I think the one at the end of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness... Where Doctor Strange jumps through the portal with that one woman, mm-hmm. Charlize Theron. Yeah. Right? I think that connects back to Eternals, I want to say. Mm. But the whole like Zeus and Hercules thing, I, that felt really random. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the intro to the live action Hercules movie that Disney's making? Like, honestly. Is, Maybe. Now, that would know. be kind of cool. Like, you make Disney's Hercules part of the MCU. <laughs> but I honestly thought that was kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they will know what it is to fear a god or whatever. Yeah. Go go ahead, my son. But I'm like, what? <laughs> Hercules? Yeah. That was so random. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it, but it, that was so random. I was like, yeah. I'm not, I don't fear. Hercules is obviously mythically very strong, but it's Thor. Like, who cares? You could yeah. always call up Hulk and it'd be no problem. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I actually do think if you look at it, if you've watched all the films, like I think Eternals, Galactus is going to be crazy. And then whatever they're going to, whatever portal they jumped into to go fight whatever at the mm-hmm. end of, of Doctor Strange, that's going to be really crazy. Mm-hmm. And Kang the Conqueror, if that, if hopefully it doesn't just stay in Loki, if that bleeds into the rest of the MCU, that could be a huge, huge event. True. And you still have the scrolls and their ability to like, you know, change and, and fake being any MCU character they want to be. Mm-hmm. So there's still that the whole scroll invasion that's been looming over all of us. Mm-hmm. So that, that could still be a big thing. So we'll see what Kevin Feige has like up his sleeve. I just, I hope he gets to it before the point that people become bored of MCU. <laughs> like that's, that's my fear. Yeah. Phase four might be too long. It might be, but it's not even, it's not even long. It's only 18 months compared to 13 years. No, but the amount of stuff, I mean, like the runtime of all the movies combined. And all the shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 50 hours of content. Ugh. 50 hours of storytelling. All right. Well, that's been our take on Thor Love and Thunder and the larger MCU at play. 
And we really appreciate you listening to us. All right. So if you notice, we came out like a week early because there's so many good movies and we want to like just get to them and we want to talk to them, talk about them and, and share them with you, share our reactions, share our thoughts and also find ways in which we can learn from the storytelling processes of these of these movies coming out. So anyways, that's why this this movie reaction, this, this episode's out this week. And next week, you're going to get another episode. It's going to be a collaboration episode. And Michelle will reveal who we're collaborating with. But the movie is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Yes. You probably haven't heard about this film. It's a nice little anime slash live action kind of combination. Mm-hmm. Very sweet indie darling kind of film. And uh, we had a good time watching it in the theaters. And can't wait for you to hear the episodes next week. Mm-hmm. So we had the pleasure of collaborating with Megadon. Yep. <laughs> movies with Megadon is their yeah. podcast. Yeah, but um, it's kind of fun just to collectively call them Megadon. I know, but they're they're <laughs> separate individual names. They're are, separate people. Are Megan and Don? Yes. yes. Um, they are also a married couple. Yes, they are. And so it was really cool having them just sitting on our couch, um, talking about this movie. And we actually did an episode for their podcast, so if you want to check that one out first, I would say that might be a good one to sort of introduce you to the film. And then if you want to do a deeper dive into the story, you can listen to our podcast that we did with them. Yeah, that's true. Movies with Megadon. Yes. And yeah, it was our first interview in person, live in person. Since COVID. Since COVID. So that was really cool. Uh, we don't have video of it, unfortunately, but we have pictures on our Instagram. We do, yeah, we do have pictures, and it was just—it was just a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to be featured as a guest on our show, you can email us at themustycreative at gmail and tell us your story. And a big, big thanks to our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. If you want to become a financial supporter of the show, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash mustycreative and help us improve this show. Yes. And that's all we have time for. Remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now it's time to shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.